Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Welcome to Weed and Grub Spotlight Series, everyone. Yeah, this is a series where we talk with companies and brands that we believe in. People making the world a better place. That's what's up, right? Yep. It's everything. Enjoy this episode. Y'all got me high. <laughs> what's up what's up mary jane how's it going mike incredible yeah. we have such fantastic guests today we're here at great line ganja uh with leaf arthur and nick the team behind this amazing facility here on the kenai peninsula where exactly are we we're in kasilov yes we're in uh Kisilof, uh which is just a, a wonderful sleepy little fishing uh and dog mushing community um located a little bit um south of kenai and soldatna um on the kenai peninsula which is a relatively small peninsula by alaskan standards um, but has a lot of uh, wonderful communities on it um including homer um kenai seward and Kisilof. Kisilof. Kisilof, yeah and we'll see was, it right soon that was leaf you heard from um Leaf, you and Arthur are the co-owners and co-founders of Great Land Conja, correct? Uh, yes, we um, have been operating Great Land for about three years now, and uh, we started uh, sort of plans for the business uh, a long time before that. Um, during was the it the kind of thing where you were sitting in a basement, passing a joint back and forth, and just talking about big dreams? So uh, it, it was, it was 2014, and uh, um, I forget where where we were at, but uh, it was right when when 2000 uh, when uh, Colorado went legal recreationally, and uh, our our dad came to us super excited. Um, uh, our dad is actually who we learned how to cultivate from. Um, he what was, he was a grower. <clears throat> Wait, so and like I mean, okay, so for my for my dad, like he was like cracked me a Budweiser and handed it to me, and that was my moment bonding with my dad growing up and for y'all it was i'm going to show you how to grow yeah yeah we, we grew up growing our own vegetables and our dad uh, got into cultivating cannabis as well for his own medical use and, and uh helping other people as well um so we just kind of learned how to grow that way you know it wasn't like we were you know uh, kids growing up nothing but cannabis but uh, gardening was an, a huge part of our lives as a subsistence lifestyle in alaska and you were saying you grew up on the Yukon River where the, you had a, a, like a whole month of daylight during the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah a whole month of daylight in the summer and a whole month of uh, nearly darkness in the wintertime. So you kind of do it all in the summertime and, and uh, hibernate in the winter. You, how's your uh, preserves? A lot of preserved stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, including the cannabis. You know, you grow all that in the summertime and, and save it for the winter as well uh, with that kind of lifestyle. <laughs> King salmon fish strips, uh, lots of uh, kale, uh, potatoes, uh, yeah, cannabis flour. <laughs> wow. Would you, did you have a root cellar? We did, yep. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you just put all your stuff stored up there for the winter and then yep, live yep. off it. A cabin we built out of logs, and, and uh, we, we used to run dogs to get around in the wintertime and, uh, and a boat in the summertime. How many dogs does it take to get to a place? 
Uh, for what we were doing, we, we would usually use a team of like seven or eight. Uh, we use a larger freighting dog. Uh, if you're familiar with like the Iditarod or the Yukon Quest, you'll see probably a smaller racing dog um, than we would have had. We had like a big, slow, uh, 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 really reliable dog. <clears throat> like like trucks. Like you would have the dog of trucks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So you can move a lot of stuff if you needed to. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the truck of dogs? The mean? truck of dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the truck of dogs. That's, that's exactly what it was. A dog made a truck or a truck trucks or a truck made a dog. Yeah. <laughs> paw power. By Whatever the, it is. By the way, it's the, by paw power. The uh, cannabis that we enjoyed uh, just preceding this interview was very delicious. We had... Uh, can you talk a little bit about what we had that you grew here yourself and then rolled and presented to us beautifully? Uh, well, let's put Nick on the spot here, our general manager, and let him uh, describe the uh, Pineapple Express and the... What was the it other was the cheese. Uh, let, well, let's let him describe yeah. the Pineapple Express since that's our strain and he knows it very well. Um, I do like the cheese, uh, but since we didn't cultivate that one, it was a partner cultivator, I think he knows the PE a little better. Our pineapple express is our staple strain. It, it's every time, every time I'm in any retailer, you know, when I'm out of town, when I'm in Anchorage or something, I always hear somebody come in and ask for it by name. And it's they say the Great Linganja Pineapple Express, and um, the stuff that we had today was rolled in a uh, tea leaf blunt cone blunt. It's a new thing that we're uh, just bringing to Alaska. There's just a very few people that have it, and um, it's a different kind of blunt experience without tobacco. But you get that kind of that kind of I don't want to say harsh, but the kind of flavor that that a blunt smoker is used to. Yeah, it's kind of a smoky taste. Mm -hmm. And what's the what does a tea leaf mean? Like it's the tea. The paper right? is actually made out of tea leaves. Yes. Yep. Wow. Well, yep. so you can like ash and then tell your fortune. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't actually released it yet. We're still in R and D stages, and so we exclusivity. So Thank we're God. really um, we don't even know what to call it yet. You know, it's just those cone blunts we're working on right now. How about fortune called. teller? That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I we're gonna mean, have to add that to the list. We got a little running list. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. We, in fact, we need to plan. Uh, it's it's on my list to plan the R and D session for that. Uh, uh, yep. <laughs> for that name, yeah. we have. Uh, I, I want us to get together and have a little uh, a little party and figure that out. Sharice has a really good name. I can't remember what it was. Oh, OG Bleezy. <laughs> That's real fun. Yeah. That's real fun. <laughs> so well, when you so you, it was 2014, you sit down with your dad. He's stoked that the laws in Alaska are changing. He came over and found us, I, and I don't remember what we were doing. We were, this is Arthur speaking now, by the way, so you're gonna yeah. hear Leaf and Art. <laughs> yeah, we've got both of them here. We, we've been guilty of uh, looking and sounding similar. Um, so he was super excited. I'm not sure, we were either like doing something with plants or, or animals, we have little farms, or, or building something, because that's pretty much the only three things we could have been up to um, since we weren't out in the woods somewhere. Uh, and he was just super excited. He's like, recreational just went in Colorado. You know, all these medical systems were getting established all over the country at that time. And he said, we, we have to do this. We got to do this. You know, we can't miss this opportunity. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, so at that point in time, we started writing a business plan and, uh, and doing all the things that you do when you start a business, um, um, which, uh, you know, resulted in this now, years later. Did you know anything about business before then? But you were like, okay, first let's learn how to even start a business. Well, I, and this is that's a really good question. I can tell by that question that you've either started a business yourself. Um, yeah, it's this. Yeah, that, that kind of, kind of. Okay, so I had a little insight into that. But um, and might have you might have talked to quite a few people who've started businesses by by how you form that question. Um, you know, absolutely, it, it is way easier to start an undertaking like this than 
than to finish it. And, and I don't even feel like from my perspective that we're finished yet because um, we are um, we had a certain plan and we're not quite to that size yet. And um, if you understand um, cannabis markets and especially small markets, which cannabis markets are just by the nature of being enclosed within their state, especially in Alaska with our small population, um, then um, you know that that closed market um, uh, makes it really uh, important. All right, direct me back to my subject here, guys. Um, <laughs> starting a business. Just starting a business. Seeing yeah. it through and like adjusting oh, your business yep. plan yeah. on the fly and also finding your team. I yep. mean, you as, as brothers knew that you would be able to work together and grow something together because you're already a team, but then you have to find the right people to help you finish your plan and follow your dreams, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the um, importance of a team can't be overstressed. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, you know, starting out, um, I knew that, you know, human resources was going to be a big part of um, what we do. But mm -hmm. at this point, um, Art and I, um, our passion and what we spend as much of our time doing, you know, we spend as much of our time in human resources and we care about employing our people as much as we care about cannabis. And, you know, when we started this, what's carried us through, um, the reason we could um, finish and, and we haven't finished um, yet um, because we haven't reached that market size we need. Um, but the reason that we've gotten this far is because we love what we do and are, are passionate about the plant. But um, what has taken me by surprise is how passionate I am about keeping our team employed. Mm -hmm. At this point, that's as big of what I spend my time doing and as, as much of what I think about as the plant itself. Yeah. You come to realize that you wouldn't be successful without the help of all those people, for sure. And, you know, as far as the, there's the whole paperwork and regulation side and, you know, uh, for someone that just likes, you know, climbing the top of a mountain and smoking a joint, uh, all of that's incredibly daunting. Um, you know, it's, it's tons and tons of paperwork. And I just kind of had to make it fun in my head and decide that no matter what happened, um, we would just keep going. So, you know, when you hit those walls and you want to quit, you just don't and you keep going. But there's, you know, to get through all the regulations and to follow all the rules that you have to do to start not a business and then it's a cannabis business and then you're an employer and you have to learn all about labor laws and stuff like that. Um, we did have some background before starting this business from uh, construction. Um, and commercial fishing and things like that, but but those are significantly different businesses than a than a modern cannabis business. Uh, this is a highly regulated business, and our employees are like a family to us. You know, they they take care of us. Um, you know, we wouldn't be here without them, and we try and take uh, good care of them as well. On that note, I'd like to ask you, Nick, how you joined the team. How did you come to meet uh, Leaf and Arthur? Well, I was. Um I was off of work for a long time uh, because of a back injury. I had a, a, a back surgery, and my wife was working with with Art's wife, who is their our graphic design artist, and, and everybody that does a, you know who does our media. And she got to know my wife through the company she was working for, and I was able just to get a resume off to him, and I was um, basically hired as a grunt laborer. Started moving dirt and moving debris around and moved into building the gnome domes and eventually just kind of learned how the whole system here works. Did all of you know at that time that you would be building everything and you need to find people like yourself who would be able to create your dream from the ground up with your hands? Uh, so one of the reasons we've been successful is we do build things with our hands. Um, it really made it so that this was cost effective. We didn't have a huge um, pocketbook to fund this. Um, and yes, we knew we would need help. We had uh, a lot of help building this facility. Um, Art ran the project. Art and I designed it. 
uh, we, you know, couldn't have done it by ourselves or it would have taken way longer, I guess. I mean, you can pretty much do anything uh, by yourself, but we absolutely knew we would need a good team. And it's uh, one of the most challenging things that we've done is build a good team, even despite everything, uh, despite all the regulatory challenges. That's still the and one of the things that we're most proud of, because we think we have a really good one right now. We, did, we don't know usually when we hire somebody what position they're going to work themselves into. Um, that's the great thing about um, the cannabis field, uh, pun intended, in um, Alaska. Pretty good pun, and, by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And great Alaska pun. and nationwide is that there's uh, almost unlimited room for advancement in these companies in that if you're a go-getter, if you're, once again, if you're passionate, uh, whether you're an owner or a, uh, uh, one of the team members, and, and you're passionate and you're a go-getter, you can really advance quickly in these companies because there's not a lot of, it's mostly on-the-job training. There's not a lot of college degrees that are directly there yet, although there's being a lot more correlation being applied now as the industry matures. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a, I think it's a great opportunity for people who uh, want to advance through a company that might not have had that opportunity in other fields where um, they needed a lot more specific training to just go anywhere. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about, you know, if there's someone who's really hungry to work in the cannabis industry, what, what would your advice be to that person? Like start growing yourself or approach a company that you believe in and apply for a job? Or I suppose it depends on the age. I, I mean, if you're, if you're at, at, at the age where you want to, well, I guess if you're just at the point in your life where you want to go to school, I would at this point almost recommend going to school for what really excites you. Like you know, um, the, the, you don't. It doesn't necessarily have to be cannabis specific, although that's starting to become available. But go to school for you know cultivation or microbiology. Uh, more and more cannabis companies are, are maturing, especially the really big ones, to the point where they are asking for degrees in those areas, and they would prefer to hire that degree than somebody who came off the unregulated cannabis market with the, with cannabis growing experience. Because in reality, a plant is a plant, and while there are are quite a few specific things about the product and how you treat the product and there are some plant specific growing uh, things about cannabis it is still a plant and what matters most is understanding um, all the complexities of you know everything from what happens with the light and photosynthesis and and creating the um, actual you know um, the actual drugs that we want and are looking for and the flavors and the terpenes um, down to what's happening with the soil and all the other different kinds of bio life that are in there that aren't even plants um, you, you know uh, that that it's a very complex um, uh, set of uh, things to deal with well there's also still room for everyone right like yes. if if you put in the work and you get along with people like you're just like good at being a human or I at least that's, decently that's good. a great point though it is really about putting in the work and i think some people think that entering the cannabis industry means they're going to be like having a great time all the time when in fact people in my experience in the cannabis industry work harder than almost anyone else i know so, <laughs> I, so I, i'm going to pass this over to nick after yeah, i nick. answer i want to finish <laughs> yeah. I, i'm, I'm going to finish answering my question then i'll then i'll let nick talk about work yeah. and, and and what kind of work ethic we, we, we really is required in the cannabis industry but um Let's see. You you were asking about the uh, what I would recommend, and it is definitely go go to school for what you're passionate about. If you're at the right age or have the inclination to do that. Other than that, go and apply. Start at the ground floor. Know that you're going to get offered less money than you think because um, cannabis businesses will start you low if you're not coming in with something to offer. And if you're at the right one, um, yes, you're right. Go to a company that you've researched and you're passionate about. If you're at the right company and they're making the right choices, you're going to find out within you know two weeks to six months whether you fit in or not and you'll get promoted if you're doing a good job and you fit in there that's my guess um but but you're also you know not going to do as well frankly at this point as somebody who's coming in you know uh with with uh an education because um 
anymore. I mean, even we are starting in, in some cases look more and more towards that. But anybody like larger than us and especially in other states, definitely going that way most of the time now um but now on to on to uh, work ethic nick yeah nick yeah. let's hear about it so you came you came to great lake ganja from the roofing industry right yes so you're yes. like a fucking hard work pardon, pardon my language but you you already were like working hard i i spent life. 10 years between roofing and back and forth between modular construction and uh, i come from you know production-based fast-paced work you know, that's that's I'm not comfortable unless I'm moving and doing something all the time. As you've probably seen since you've been here, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you you had at one point you were carrying four chairs and I said, Can I help you? And you said no. <laughs> so And 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 the biggest misconception and I want I want people to know that I mean, this isn't easy. This isn't right. an easy job that you're just gonna, you know, clock in, do your eight hours and, and go home and, and feel, you know, feel like you did a good job unless unless you're actually you know working now there is t slow times you know during the winter when we're kicking back listening to some music rolling blunts for three days straight five days straight you know and you know that's that's a little bit easier but when it comes into the time where we're you know we're going to start moving we're going to fill this place up here with with plants it's going to be uh it's going to be a lot of work and and uh, an ideal employee is someone that sees that and and you know grasps it and you know attacks so if I was to come and interview for a job here, what would you ask me? Well, I'd ask you a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just want to know about your general, your general uh, sa safety uh, awareness, mm -hmm. you know, uh, how you deal with problems and, or uh, situations that you come across in a, you know, in a workplace. Yeah. Um, it's not at all a stressful work environment, but it's a fast-paced work environment, and um, that's kind of kind of what we kind of feel people out for and make sure that that's something that they're willing and, and they know that's what they're getting into yeah. and are you willing to take something someone like just with a great work ethic who doesn't have a lot of cannabis knowledge and train them up prefer them yeah about the work ethic yep. first because people i'm sure come in thinking they know a you lot you know what you already. need to do no right. what a oh great you advice about how to grow and yeah all yeah. of a sudden they're they they cross their arms when they start saying sentences and you're like oh you're not the leader here <laughs> uh -uh. yeah wow. exactly. this, this this is a farm um great land ganja is a farm uh, we we've always been that we brand ourselves that way you know we're from farming on both sides of our family and we grew up uh, uh doing that and uh you know there's just no farm where the hard work isn't part of the regiment uh, and you know like trimming season planting um, even even packaging uh, it you've got to compete with people who are doing that at a low cost and um, it, it, you, it people just have to keep moving and and so you know it's not I don't want to make people think oh it's just an assembly line sweatshop I mean we have a really uh, a positive work environment with a really close-knit sort of uh, family crew uh, but um, it, it's a family crew that knows that we're all working hard to support each other um, yes and, and yeah. to um, to be one of the winners in a pretty um, rugged and competitive uh, in, environment Alaska's uh, you know you can actually grow uh, cannabis outside in Alaska like in no greenhouse just outdoors there's a lot of people who don't believe that but it's a true fact you can do it I, I've done it before um, here at Great Land Ganju, our outdoor is in a greenhouse. We don't actually grow anything outside here because you just can't really control the weather enough to do that on a commercial level. Um, so we do have our summertime greenhouses, and we have an ex one extremely short growing season every summer to run those uh, greenhouses. So it's really critical that you have all your timing correct and everything to get that maximize that one crop that you can get a year um, because, it, you know, it's, it's a cold growing season. We get snow in the winter and all that, and... Uh, 
and we start losing our light really quickly in the fall, so we have to have everything harvested by a certain time. Um, is I want to just kind of circle back to the the uh, fast-paced work environment thing and just say that, you know, uh, the plants need what they need when they need them, you know, and, and you can take a break when everything's done for the plants, but the, the employees that do well around here, from my perspective, um, running the cultivation side, um, are the people that understand that what the plants need, they need when they need them, and they stay there until that's done um, uh, before they go home and they think about uh, what the plants need pr primarily uh, ahead of everything else. And that's, um, you know, uh, they're everything. If, if our plants aren't doing good, we're not doing good. So you, you have to uh, you have to understand that. I've, sometimes I forget when I'm smoking that they were alive because it's the same feeling I get if I go buy salmon in a grocery store and, you know, it's wrapped and in a box and I'm like, this is the salmon. I forget that it was a fish. So to hear you be like, you have to serve the show like you have to serve the big picture and serve the plants like it's a i don't know i'm high and you just reminded me <laughs> now, if you that, are an you outside know? entity watching what we we do you might think that we um do serve and worship the plants it might yeah. appear that yeah, way and on some level i do charge. <laughs> <laughs> well that's symbiosis right it yep. is and yep. there's a lot i mean there's some very good books and i, I just actually listened to some really good speakers um who did bring that topic up it's brought up a lot among farmers and a lot in the industry how you know you know it's an amazing plant there's no other example quite of the, a plant and and um, humans that developed together the way we have and what um, how we've changed each other. I mean, the fact that we have an endocannabinoid to the system and how much we've genetically altered the plant by how we've um, bred it and controlled it, you know, over the last, you know, hundreds, uh, th probably thousands of years, actually, is, is there's really no other example of that uh, on the um, planet. I have, um, so time keeps slipping by quickly. I actually have a uh, uh, an Alaska Marijuana in Industry Association executive board calling you to jump onto right now. So if you have, uh, I'd like these guys can finish up, but if you have one more question for me or anything, I can answer that real quick. And other than that, I got to jump on this call. I'd like to ask you about the lab testing here in Alaska because you are on that board um, and how important it is to what you do. Uh, the lab testing is one of the linchpins uh, of a regulated industry, in my opinion. Um, some states opened and actually started sales before they had their lab testing in place. Alaska didn't do that. It was one of the reasons why we, we had two years of regulation writing after our ballot measure passed, uh, which was uh, so, somewhat painful for most businesses who were like leasing spaces or ready to go. Uh, we, we certainly, um, you know, were ready a little bit before um, the state was ready to come license us. We put as much information on our package as we can fit. We like to give people a bunch of information, um, but um, it's also uh, a linchpin for us as cultivators. And uh, Art can probably go into that a little bit more, but much of almost all of the decisions we make in cultivation and a lot of the decisions we make in sales are based upon lab reports and our Excel sheets that we build to kind of crunch all the numbers that we get off those lab reports. And it, it, they're not perfect, but, um, you know, they come out, uh, they, they give us um, uh, so much information. Um, it's night and day from back in the day when we didn't want to write down any numbers or any measurements on anything we were doing um, when in relation to growing cannabis. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Leif. Can I ask you about some of the strains that you're growing? Yeah. And the genetics and just would love to hear about what you guys have in the greenhouses or in the sure. grow rooms. Um, we usually have uh, between 10 and 20 strains. Um, I think we have 11 right now uh, we have two new strains that we've never flowered before that we seeded that are coming out we have uh, one called mary jane actually interestingly enough hey um that was bred in uh, ninilchik a small community just down the road from here 
um, in a guy's greenhouse. Uh, super excited about that. It's a nice, nice indica plant. It's a deep sleep and uh, deep creek special mixed together. Does um, that sound about right for a Mary Jane strain? Deep yeah, sleep? Yeah, that sounds perfect. <laughs> I'd love to be like a dormouse and just curl up and go I think it's. I think it's going to be a, a relaxing one. Um, and then we have some uh, Northern Lights on deck, too, that's from uh, the Sensi Seed Company there in uh, Amsterdam. Wow. Um, uh, I, I like their Northern Lights. I think they were the first ones to make it. That's I, the first sweet I ever smoked. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong about that, but uh-huh. uh, but I know they've been making it for a while. That was the first you ever smoked? That's the first I ever that I smoked in Amsterdam. No kidding. I went to a coffee shop in Amsterdam and had Northern Lights. It? it was amazing. I went to the Vondel Park and watched parrots fly overhead and felt like <laughs> it was just this amazing dream. It was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, so stoked to see what those two do, but uh, we haven't even got those to the lab yet. And like Leif was mentioning, it, it's all about that lab test you get back. Yeah. Um, uh, we just tested out a strain that was supposed to be good, a good CBD strain, and it came back, you know, uh, like 4% THC and 2, two or 3% CBD. Ooh, and, that's way more peanut butter than jelly. You know, a, 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 as nice a, as it is to have something that's over 1% CBD finally, that's not high enough numbers to do anything with. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're kind of in a way you can kind of just sell it by the THC content. I mean, not really. The more people learn, there's a lot more to it than that, and you can sell it by its other attributes, but uh, especially in a younger market like Alaska has, a lot of people just look at that THC number, you know, so we, right. we have to focus on that with with the strains that we choose. Like the more detailed the nutrition facts are on a box of cereal, uh-huh. the the more of an educated choice I'm going to be making. So the fact that you're putting all of these on there, even if I don't know what riboflavin is, I like to know there's 2% of it. Uh, sure. And and we we put, uh, like, like we've said, when we have the space. We don't always on every package, but we'll put, uh, you know, the, the soil additives on some of the packaging. And we have a, 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 a turpo meter that we put on there with the five top terpenes, because we have the terpenes tested That's for. That's so smart. So people can learn about the effects of, of, of the terpenes that they like and shop that way if they want to. That goes on our, our concentrate product products and our flower product yeah it's it's a color chart it's it's, it's pretty cool um and uh we, we also do a variety pack of joints um that if we want to talk about first that just popped into my head i, I, I mean, think we're, w- we're the first state in the country to put out variety packs yeah of, fl- of flower and joints with multiple strains in one package um we came up with a system where we met our regulatory requirements and we were able to do that um and uh we've, we've had great success with those people really like the variety packs because they can uh, test a lot of different things like our uh, pineapple express mm-hmm. which is our uh, flagship strain what's your favorite my favorite yeah. strain it, it's still pineapple express you know that was uh one that that i'd been growing myself medically and we brought into the facility when we first opened and uh it, it's still the one i consume the most of um and what was the one we saw today space rip yep space rip is uh is one of our biggest selling strains it's a, a phenotype of jack the ripper um, but it was a little, uh, seemed a little Space Queen dominant and a little different than your traditional Jack the Ripper. Um, so we, we renamed it, and uh, it's a really popular sativa. Rips uh, through yeah. time and space. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, it's fantastic. You'll you'll clean the whole house and and. Uh, oh, I'll get my bathroom like the grout it. in my bathroom tiles with the oh, toothbrush yeah. kind yes. of thing. Yep. I can't wait. That sounds satisfying. <laughs> it, it and does. Really yeah. lemony and delicious as well. Nice flavor profile. Nick, when when uh, when Mary Jane asked your favorite, your eyes went really big, like cartoon saucers. <laughs> is it your, yeah? Is it because it's hard to choose? Larry OG times Purple Kush. Ooh, shit! Yeah, and you know what? That's it, really good. It really doesn't grow very tall, you know, and it just puts off the most amazing smell, the most amazing flavor. It's very indica. 
I, I love it. And this will be the first time that the cultivators have put it into the our hydro unit. And so uh, harvest here is going to be is going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you got to have good weed. You know, Alaska's had good weed for a long time. We've had a reputation uh, well earned for good weed for a long time. And, and it's mostly been grown indoors. Um, but, uh, you know, it was legal here in the 70s for a little while. A lot of people forget that when they say other people had legalization first. You know, they'd, they, we had a brief period of legalization in the 70s uh, when uh, the state was super small and people were really just about doing whatever they wanted. Um, but uh, Wow. And when was that made illegal? Uh, the late 70s. I'm not super familiar with There was with like that. a window when it was made legal yeah, and when, then... When my dad moved here, it was legal to grow. Wow. Yeah. And then the drug war was started up and... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was a lot of Reagan that, that screwed that up. When was Raven versus Alaska? It was a lawsuit brought by an Alaskan. It lined out a set of rights that Alaskans kind of lived by up until our legalization that we had here that were, you know, that were living now. It's the rights to privacy in your own home. So Alaska is a super independent place and we're, and we're, uh, we're super into uh, rights to privacy. And uh, there was a fellow that got busted for a small amount of cannabis in his house and sued the state of Alaska. And what won. a flex! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Instead of bending over and being like, "Ah, the government got me," he was like, "I'm coming back at you." Yeah. No, he he, he was a lawyer and a real free thinker. And and there's a lot of you know, you'll find a lot of really opinionated people in this state, and a lot of us feel differently than each other. But we all really want those other people to be able to feel however they want to. You know, we're really independent. We're really supportive of other people being independent and doing what they want here. Um, so he was able to win that, and what that did is it made it so that if the police came into your home for less than a quarter pound of marijuana or less than 25 plants, 24 or less, um, they were violating your rights to privacy, and you would not be prosecuted. Um, and Alaska's operated on that since then. So um, that that environment probably added to a, a thriving home grow. That I mean, you know, it's a northern environment. People like to drink a lot here. People like to smoke a lot of cannabis. You know, uh, I'm just hearing the word fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fun, self-medicate, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. um, uh, we've, we, there's a, a really rich cannabis history in the state. Is your father still with us? Yeah, yes, yeah. He, he, he actually started the business with, with us. Um, uh, my dad is an extremely independent, free-thinking person, um, uh, and uh, the regulated industry just didn't quite work out for him. He is actually getting up, up, up there in age as well and, uh, and can only do so much work these days and stuff like that too. So he's still part of the company, but uh, he doesn't come in and work anymore. Um, what does he think about uh, what his sons are creating with Nick and the rest of the team? Oh, uh, uh, to him, you know, uh, he would probably say he never had any doubt in his mind that, that we would do it just like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Independent, hard work. Yep. Get it done. Yep. Let it speak for itself. That was our goal, and, and of course, why wouldn't we do it, right? <laughs> so what a, I mean, that's kind of the outro of the show. Is like, why wouldn't we? You just can't, you can't give up. That's all. Never <laughs> give up. Just keep going. Yep. That has become such a, a message that we're hearing from uh, over and over from everyone that we speak to. It's, you know, you, it's easy to start something, but finishing it just means that you literally can never, ever stop. <laughs> yeah, especially like you were saying about the next steps that you have and the projections and places that you know this place is headed. That's It's, it's only going to get faster and more exciting. We're trying to be prepared for national and international legalization. You know, that, that seems to be uh, on the horizon. So, you know, I know that Canadian companies are trading internationally already and stuff like that. I think that... Uh, I would love to see Greatland Ganja products on shelves all over the country and the world eventually. Um, I think people would really enjoy that. Are we all going to be in like Italy sharing a boom blunt on some <laughs> kind of 
you know, four-person ship. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> a four-person ship is called a boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to so, get some of that boat money. I always joke about that because we're, we're in a, uh, an ocean. We're right by the ocean here, and you always tell them people made it. They can afford a boat. Oh, yeah. get out on the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to do some plugs? Instagram, Great Linganja. Do you all have personal Instagrams you want people to follow as well? I'm at I'm Floydian420 because I'm a Pink Floyd fanatic and uh, I know everything about the band and it's just like my my passion is 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 uh, half Pink Floyd related so Floydian420. I'm at the Arthur Abel on Instagram. Um, if anybody wants to see, there's some pictures of the farm. Oh yeah, so everybody should follow all three and then try and get the full experience of what this place looks like it's all different postings for sure you'll see different stuff on there thank you everybody thank you to great Langanja. uh see you again like subscribe review do all of the things that i always forget to say but i usually mean so please do them bye everybody bye